I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are taking a look at the 1989 Sammo film, Pedicab Driver, starring and directing Sammo Hung, of course. And this is going to be the final episode for us, both oh. for the Sammo Hung arc and for 2018, which is kind of wild. So Yeah, we've covered yeah. a lot of ground this year. That's nuts. But in many ways, I think we're we're almost ending this arc on top. Uh, I remember when we were talking about the first film in this series, which was the first movie that Sammo directed, The Iron Fisted Monk. We talked about how how much of a sponge Sammo is, not only for martial arts, but for filmmaking and storytelling, and how he seems to evolve almost with every movie that he makes. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's widely considered one of his masterpieces, but re-watching it recently, Kyle, Pedicab Driver is just such a strong movie, I think. And yeah, we've gotten a good taste in the different sides of Sammo Hung, I guess, you know, so... We've had his debut as a director. We've had the masterpiece that is Prodigal Son and this kind of celebrity spectacle of Millionaires <laughs> Express. And I think that this film kind of shows that, you know, he can do, I guess, kind of like a smaller scale, more personal kind of type story that focuses on a small cast of characters and kind of some relationship uh, problems and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that. I mean, I guess even though I didn't like craft it that way, we got a good taste in these little uh, different sides of Samuel, which is cool. Yeah, I think absolutely. And it does almost seem like he's learned a lot of lessons from Shanghai Express and also all of the Lucky Stars films, which would have been, you know, in the mid 80s, just before this movie. And yeah. he's able to juggle a pretty large and kind of star studded cast. It's a lot of like the Samo regulars. But this is, I think, one of the most kind of focused and uh, more kind of tightly woven stories of any, kind of any Sammo film. Or it could could just be how it's, it's kind of striking me rewatching mm-hmm. it. But Yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah, so 1989. In 88, we had like um, Painted Faces, which is like, you know, yeah. that whole... I, I It would be cool to look at that movie at some point. Yeah, it's a and, really difficult movie to get your hands on because yeah. there's like a lot of... It's like at it was like a co-financed point, thing, or, and yeah, it's, yeah. At one point, it was on Netflix, um, in certain markets, but yeah, it's not. But um, we had like uh, Dragons Forever in '88. We had Police Story Two, yeah. um, in '89. There's uh, Jackie Chan's Miracles. So yeah, even with Jackie, you know, he wanted to kind of try and do something different with Miracles, and then you can kind of see here with Sam. Always like, I kind of want to do this you know, small town kind of almost like a mobster tragic romance kind of thing with this film. Yeah. And also where it's like, there's still plenty of comedy in the movie, but it's maybe a little bit more organic and kind of springing out of like character relationships and situations. I mean, there are a couple of these kind of like maybe contrived little beats or gags, but um, not nearly as many as, you know, just just a few years earlier. Yeah, it's definitely more of a 
it's not quite as Looney Tunes as as Millionaire's Express was. Right, right. A little more, a little more grand. There's still some silly stuff, certainly, but it's definitely not quite as as wild and out there. But I think the funny stuff got me even more in this film because of oh that, yeah, there's yeah. really funny jokes in this. Yeah, I laughed out loud a couple of times while watching this film. And I want to give a real shout out to Barry Wong, who wrote the screenplay, and he. Ha- was actually involved in the screenplay for most of the movies in our uh, Sama arc here. He also did a little bit of work on Yes, Madam, and I think a couple other movies that uh, we've covered on the podcast. Uh, really interesting guy. I, I honestly think this might be one of his strongest screenplays. Barry Wong, kind of like Lam Ching Ying, uh, gone too soon. He actually uh, died in the, the early 90s, kind of mm. unexpectedly. But yeah, I just I just think the balance of this film... Yeah, it's just really, really kind of, kind of beautiful, and this is one of the kind of small list of movies I would probably show to to someone who'd be curious about Hong Kong films but didn't mm-hmm. have any kind of background in it. I think it would. I don't know. I just think it translates as like a piece of cinema pretty darn well. And it shares a lot of DNA with Yes, Madam. We've got a lot mm-hmm. of the actors from Yes, Madam show up in some form in this film. Yeah, actually, all the. Um, I guess no Choi Hark, at least not in front of the camera, but, <laughs> yeah. but all of the other main characters, um, all the other main male characters that is, uh, mm-hmm. appear in some way, shape or form in this movie. And also we have no Yoon Byu, which, um, it, it does seem that maybe Meng Hoi is playing like the Yoon Byu part. Um, yeah. I don't know specifically in the, the background of the production, but it, it is kind of, yeah, it's kind of a glaring omission, uh, at, you know, this point in Samuel's career to not have Yoon Bu kind of in, in a meteor part. But I think maybe what ends up happening is that uh, really more of the spotlight falls on Samo, And I think yeah. it's, it's a stronger movie because of it. Um, I think, yeah, Samuel's performance, not only physically, but um, dramatically as an actor, is just really strong here. But um, it's funny. This is the latest Samo movie that we've covered and boy, the guy is not holding anything back. We've, I mean, <laughs> we've talked ever since Magnificent Butcher how Samo gives it his all every single take, and this is almost the most acrobatic we've seen Samo in like this entire arc. It's uh, yeah, yeah, amazing, man. You, yeah, there are a lot of. I, I just have to feel so bad for anybody that's set up to fight against him because oh man, there I are know. some. Yeah hits in this film that look very painful oh, i'm just yeah. glad that they they very <laughs> obviously double uh john shum at, at the end who's like yeah. the, the big bad um <laughs> they have these several kicks to the head um, yes and, oh, but man. like we should almost like have like a running list on the podcast of stunt people we feel sorry for Ooh, <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, that's so good. Um, but I, I think uh, other than it being, I think, just a standout, I would call it a Sammo masterpiece. I think another reason that people are drawn to this movie, it it might be kind of at the top of the list, is for the fight at the fil- at the sort of the center of the movie, which is this legendary battle, the only time it ever really happens on film, of uh, Sammo versus Lao Garlung. And... This is worth the price of admission. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's an outstanding movie on either side of it, but oh my! I mean, this is this is a must-watch sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, 
probably the main reason why most people know about this film is because of that. And that's not to take away from the fighting towards the end of the film. Cause right, that's right. Super good too. But seeing these kind of, um, you know, superstars on screen together and the, the interaction between them and the communication between yeah. their fists and their feet and their stabs, like so, so great. It's almost like, I don't know, when I see that, I almost think it's like a Lao Garlong film in the middle uh, just for that. It fight. does feel yeah. that way. It's yeah. almost you know? like, you know, and you get the sense, I mean, and it's very common in Hong Kong and Chinese culture to really have a lot of respect for your elders and definitely for anyone that you would look to as a mentor or master or Sifu. And yeah, it does seem like Samo leans into kind of a Lao Garlong filmmaking in this whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's it's beautiful, good. man. Yep. Yeah. But a thing that I love, and it's really interesting throughout the whole movie, it feels, more, obviously it's 1989, but it feels a lot more 90s kung fu. Mm, yeah, like, totally. The camera angles are way more dynamic. And that's a thing that's amazing in that Lao Karlong fight is that you see him fighting, but it's in this more modern for the time style mm-hmm. versus like the, the 70s kind of style that right. you've seen Lao Karlong in most of the time. Dude, really I, to- I totally point. agree yeah. with you. And I feel like once again, Sammo uh, doesn't get the historical credit for kind of like steering Hong Kong. But, you know, this is a few years before Once Upon a Time in China, which is usually regarded as the movie that brought Hong Kong into the 90s in a new style mm-hmm. of filmmaking and uh, even framing and blocking and editing. Um, but it's... Pedicab Driver is so contemporary looking and it's like it's just and it's just kind of almost like peak Samo choreography there's so much uh power and intensity it's it's not necessarily like light and balletic the way that a lot of the late 70s and early 80s kung fu films are even though that's maybe my favorite style but um mm-hmm. there's so much power and weight to it and there's a great balance of you know, a few longer takes, um, but then some really quick editing that's actually effective, that really works. In one of the final fights between Sammo and uh, Billy Chow's character, there's this sequence where there's a series of fast edits, and it's unlike anything that I've ever seen, and yet it's so clear. You can follow, it's it's like from the direction of each punch and each kick. It's really like a beautiful, beautiful sequence, and I don't know. I, I think this was this was a huge influence on the on the other filmmakers in Hong Kong for kind of yeah. How do you proceed with martial arts yeah. um, when it sort of seems like everything had already been done? Yeah, and I would say in the Lao Garlong fight as well. Whenever you get some editing and some cuts, it's it's like they're showing you the anatomy of the martial arts of the fight. I love so that. it's yeah it's like showing you oh, okay he attacked this way because of this or this slow-mo is for this reason and yeah it's just like dissecting the fight for you without you having to really analyze it and yeah just having Samo versus Lao Garlong or yeah Samo versus Billy Chow or um Eddie Meyer, that dude's really cool too in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The fight with him, it's not super long, but it's just there's so much to look at from a director's point of view, from a viewer's point of view. It's like so enjoyable to watch these fights. Yeah, totally. And like every other movie, I mean, I guess maybe other than Iron Fisted Monk, um, we just get some 
amazing Sammo fashion <laughs> and style. <laughs> like uh, the end of the movie, he's pretty much dressed like a Paul Bunyan kind of dude. Yeah, he's um, got a lumberjack thing going the on. The fight with Lao La- Garlung, he has this sweater vest that's yeah. like amazing. And mm-hmm. and this is where he has kind of a shorter, almost like Mo from Three Stooges kind mm-hmm. of bowl haircut. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love it, man. At the end, he's wearing this, like, yeah, black and red plaid shirt. And I was working on the artwork for Millionaire's Express, and I'm like, oh, in this shot of when he's fighting Yoon Byu, which is the outfit I was basing that drawing on, he's wearing yeah. a black and red, like, plaid shirt, too. I was almost <laughs> going to look and see, hey, it is, is he same. wearing the same shirt in this <laughs> film? <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. The other thing that I, I think it, uh, ended up being really fortuitous about this being the final uh, film in our Sammo arc is this is his kind of most evolved uh, perspective towards women, I would say, in like his entire <laughs> yeah. uh, film. No, you're, you're totally right. Filmography. And it's because um, we've talked we've talked before how, um, you know, in Sammo's films, uh there's a lot of instances of women getting treated, you know, pretty poorly. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of like on-screen violence toward, uh, towards them. And we have, you know, most of our sort of lead female characters in this film are in difficult situations, but there is, there's a, at least an attempt at more of like a feminist perspective yeah. than, than and anything else in his, and in his career. Sim- and Samo's character's perspective kind of grows by yeah, the end of the movie, totally. which, like, like we said in um, uh, *Prodigal Son*, yeah. it's kind of a similar thing. Where like, oh, that's really cool to see like, like actual character development throughout the course of this movie, more mm-hmm. than just they're not just training their bodies, but also like growing as characters. Yeah, yeah. What I love about uh, Samo, maybe more than like any other filmmaker it's like he's this really pragmatic guy like he he works really hard on what's in front of him and part of being a sponge and being such a like quick learner is that uh his positions and his perspective like you're saying Matthew they really evolve too and i don't know that's that's really exciting and in some ways like i I might even have more respect for something like that than say a filmmaker that kind of digs their heels in earlier in their career and it's like this is this is my perspective. This is my look. This is, um, you know, these are the kind of motifs like in my filmmaking. Um, you can definitely see elements that uh, kind of connect his whole career. But yeah, there's this growth, like you know, con- constantly, and it's yeah, man, so rewarding. We c- we're gonna have to do a second Sam Arkett at some point oh yeah don't get it twisted it's not like we're like we're never gonna do samo after this there's Mm -hmm. so much stuff to cover that we're just kind of getting our feet wet uh, focusing on him this time well i think speaking of getting our feet wet i think we should dive into this movie but first let's take a look at the back of the vhs on the streets of macau the pedicab drivers make a living taking people to and from a simple job bringing people together Lotung and his friends search for happiness in the city. But when love shows up for a ride, you better buckle up. Director Sammo Hung takes you on a tour of tenderness and tragedy, all while showcasing some of the most explosive action in Hong Kong cinema. Max Mock, Nina Lee Chi, and Finny Yuen star along Sammo Hung with special appearance by Lau Karlong in The Pedicab Driver. This very first scene kind of shows us 
the kind of introduces us to all the characters and also I think kind of sets a kind of crazy pace for the for the cameos in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In this very first scene, like oh, I think pretty much every major action set piece has some cameo, some character that's important, but we don't see them at all throughout the rest of the movie. Mm. Yeah, um, totally. And this time, at the very first thing, one of the first people we actually see in the movie is Eric Sang, yeah. who uh, <laughs> plays this this butcher character. And it's a great little foreshadowing cat. beat because uh, the camera spends some time on Eric and and like you were saying earlier, Matthew, about the almost '90s like filmmaking. There's some really cool kind yeah, of Dutch like, angles on him and his cleaver yeah, and lens kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's almost like Samo's maybe learned some um some best practices for juggling cameos and you can just picture him reaching out to like Corion and it's like look at I only need two days from you. Can you can you do that <laughs> here? And same same with Eric and um and you know these guys are gonna say yes unless they're, you know, tied up in another movie, which I'm mm. yeah, I'm guessing was the case with Ian Bio here. But um yeah. yeah, it's a and I love this set in the the opening Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah, this opening shots like this opening scene is like this. I think it's a. Is it? Are they both like pedicab driver like groups? So one or of the groups like that, is or? like a delivery guy group, and then the other group is the pedicab drivers. Gotcha. So yeah, they're having a dispute here, and it's over who's getting whose customers. Yeah. Right. So I feel bad gonna... for the guy trying to sell the pork buns. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this poor <laughs> dude with buns because. Uh, but it's one of these great slapsticky beats. Like he just happens to be interrupting this debate, mm-hmm. so a few dudes from the delivery side just start beating him up. But then, you know, we said before, like Samuel will just add these interesting details or like let these moments play where another mm-hmm. director wouldn't. And while they're kind of ho- like closing in on a final compromise, the guys walking in the background, my buns, they're <laughs> splattered everywhere. Um, <laughs> And I was half expecting one of the one of the henchmen guy just pick up one of them, start eating it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And actually, the, I think Samuel comes up with a his character comes up with a really good solution, which is like, okay, if it's if it's just uh, inanimate items or whatever, like packages and stuff, that's your guys' territory. We won't get in on that. If it's just people, that's our territory. And if it's people with luggage, it's you know anyone's uh, yeah, anyone's first client, come first really. Yeah. Yeah. But Eric, like we said <laughs> earlier, he has like a role to play here. Yeah, oh, yeah, so just when they're about to make their agreement, you get Eric saying running in, he's chasing this cat that <laughs> ran after his fish. Mm-hmm. With his cleaver. With his yeah. cleaver, uh, and uh they take that as like a misunderstanding of yeah, aggression. Each, each side yeah, each side sees it as yeah. sort of like this hired <laughs> hand. Uh, and this and turns a into brawl. Yeah. This turns this entire scene is like one long gifable moment. Oh my gosh, yeah. But <laughs> so the, much stuff happens. But maybe the gifable moment to to end them all is the only Hong Kong lightsaber fight in history. <laughs> which is another yeah, it's like another feather in this movie's cap. Um yeah. the thing so that cool I moments, re- Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, haven't had the, some haven't had some good stolen sound effects in a while. So yeah, sure. well, nice to hear those. The thing I really liked about that is seeing them holding the the light tubes, 
and yeah. uh, me like being like in maintenance and stuff. I'm like, they'd be getting electrocuted, <laughs> and then they actually address that because they move their yeah. hands and they totally get electrocuted. It's really good. <laughs> oh man, but it's just re- it's I don't know. It's really cool to to at least get a taste of like okay through Samo's action perspective, like how would they render that kind of lightsaber fight? And <laughs> it's a small moment, but oh man, it's it's awesome and. Actually, like Nick Gilliard, who choreographed the prequel films, I think a lot of what he did, particularly in the the first movie, Phantom Menace, like isn't too far removed from from something like this. I think so, too. Yeah, we've talked about that before. And honestly, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But one of my takeaways was like those yeah, final lightsaber fights were very Hong Kong action to me. Yeah, for sure. We did gloss over a very important part of this film. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the the first gifable moment to me yeah. is Samo's his own butt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so Samo pedaling on his bike and big old shot of his butt. Yeah. And no offense to Samo, uh, but I don't think there is a pedicab driver that's that overweight. Like I don't think <laughs> it's possible. But it, well, that's it, it, so it does special, raise though. the question. It's like, how does Samo? Like yeah. we see how physical he is, and he's yes. true in great shape. Yeah, he's in of? great shape, right. even though he's a big guy. But he can do these crazy yeah. flips. And the, yeah, the the story I always heard was that when he was young, he was injured and he was bedridden for a while, and that's when he gained all that weight, and he never was able to get it off. So and, he really is like big boned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think it's in Eastern Condors where he's. He slimmed down a lot, so if oh, you want to yeah, see yeah. Samuel like kind of at his slimmest on camera, I would check out Eastern Condors. But the thing I was gonna say about that uh, shot of his butt is, to me, that looks like the Golden Harvest logo sounds. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, uh, you just yeah, gotta bum. slow it down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, great. That's There's there are so many. That's cool a dumb beats. video idea. Yeah, oh man, for sure. oh, that, that would away. be great. Oh, we totally should. But yeah, he's also Sam was also so acrobatic in this sequence. Um, there's that shot where he's like flipping over table after table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are so many fun beats in this. One of my favorite moments is the dude that's fighting against Corey Yuan. Uh, he tries this like finger in the eye thing, <laughs> yeah. and Corey I like definitely, I definitely gift that one too. Has his hand like in on his forehead to like block it. It's um, the best. But then when he tries again, it's like the dude moves his finger at the last second. <sighs> um, so good. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, the oh, the man. end cap to this sequence is hilarious too because. Eric Tsang kind of confesses that it was his fault and everybody turns to attack him and in his like his way to and escape. They all say something in unison yeah. too, like, it was you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he like leaps down from the upper balcony to the first floor and everybody is just like, Wow. <laughs> like Yeah, he's like just... crying about like, please don't do anything to me, and they're just like in awe. They're just super impressed. A little his... golf clap for that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Really good. Really good. Man. And then uh, um I, I so, you know, we're introduced to, like you guys are saying, a lot of cameos here in this sequence, but also to a few of our uh, regular players. So uh, Meng Hoi is playing, I, I don't know, I, I suspecting like 
what would maybe be a Yun Biu kind of. I, I think I like Meng Hoi yeah. is great, but it's like you could also see him cast as sort of a Yun Biu light. Um, mm-hmm. And then another person who literally was cast as sort of a Yun Biu light, Max Mock, who's mm-hmm. the really sort of like handsome dude on the yeah. pedicab driver side. Name's Pretty Boy in the, in the subtitles. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty Boy in the subtitles. He actually replaced uh, Yun Biu in the Once Upon a Time in China sequels because uh, yep, didn't, right. didn't return yep. for that. I saw that on his uh, Hong Kong movie database list. Um, but yeah, he's, he's great in this film. And uh, he... This is uh, kind of somewhat early on in his career. He kind of broke in in the the mid '80s, and the arc of his his character in particular is, I think, like a real standout in the movie. Mm-hmm. So this next scene, we get introduced to who uh, I think first time in the podcast, Sun Yuen. Has he been on the podcast before? I don't. Think I've so. never. Yeah, we haven't seen him on the podcast mm-hmm. yet. I but, would definitely remember his face. Yeah, he's very distinct face. <laughs> yeah. He plays the the baker, Master Fong, or Baker Fong, or Fong the Baker. He was credited a couple of different ways. Yeah. Uh, and I think this was his last uh his yeah. last film appearance. Yes. It uh when I saw it, it said it was his technically his second to last role, but I think his last role was actually just like archival footage or something. Oh so, gotcha. So this is the last like actual film footage for it. Uh, for a movie um but yeah he's he does a super distinct face and he always has like this beanie on <laughs> throughout the whole movie gives yeah. really a distinct look cast casting is so important for this character because mm-hmm. this baker um kind of early on you're introduced to him like leering after yeah. one of the girls that's working for him and it could easily be like really kind of a disgusting like yeah. turn you off sort of thing and and I do think as an audience member, you are supposed to be kind of reviled by him. But he also, there's something so sympathetic about the guy. And as the story moves on, it's like, it does seem like his heart is in in the right place. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's lonely. He is pining after this girl. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, plenty, <laughs> plenty kind of happens to this, yeah. to this dude. He's got mm-hmm. like a sweet sadness to him. Yeah. yeah and, totally. and I think his like cartoonish features kind of help. Uh, sell that you know <laughs> yeah well yeah. And i think the the moment when he actually uh approaches the girl that he's leering after that kind of makes all the difference in the world because at first you're like oh what's this creepy dude gonna do and it's like he has power over these girls but he's super shy you know and almost kind of like uh sheepishly asking her out and mm. Yeah. And the girl that he's asking out is played by Nina Lee Chi, who I also don't think we've seen in the podcast so far. Yeah, but she's actually uh, Jet Li's wife, which I found out oh. uh, recently. Yeah. Oh, so dude. That's, I did that's not one put those, that together. One of those fun kind of uh, connection things. So Yeah, very cool. Nice. Yeah, oh, she's she strikes okay. me as someone who probably in another movie does some crazy flips and stuff, but you don't get to see it in this movie. So <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, w- I was looking at her crediting, and um, the only thing that I was really familiar with was Twin Dragons, so the the yeah. Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan film. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> She Haley plays Mills one of the love interests in that film. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was—I looked really hard to try to figure out what she's doing in this scene because she has oh. like this big like wad of dough she's rolling around on her hand and like slapping on like a. Yeah, it's almost like, like she's making plate. like a pizza or something. Yeah, or like a tortilla is what I was thinking. Like it yeah, kind of it looks, looks like, like a little tortilla. Quesadilla. But, 
like some guy like rapper for a dumpling or something mm-hmm. but i i looked and i couldn't find anywhere that said what it was so well know. it's really boss too because she's just like putting her hand like almost right against the stove yeah yeah um, she's she's definitely you know she knows what she's doing it's nuts um but we should say that it's uh, there's a gang of i I think it's five or six ladies that are working in this in this mm-hmm. bakery and the boss has given them all excuses to kind of get out of the room so he can try <laughs> to ask her out mm-hmm. and what they do with their time off is they put little uh pieces of incense in Samuel's foot as he's <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. Um he's apparently sleeping in like an, a neighboring room and they're lighting them all up <laughs> just to kind of <laughs> see what happens. I don't know there's something again about this beat that is like it's just, yeah, really fun, and it's not something you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it actually does progress things because Sam is trying to set her on up. fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she shows up, and he misunderstands it, like as if yeah. she was the one to do it. And so she's the only she one re- that had sympathy for it. She, yeah. she would have stopped it if she could. Yeah. She runs back, and then Samuel and Fong get into an argument. So that kind of establishes their relationship. How mm. you know it's 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 almost like a father and son kind of deal, but they're also like romantic rivals. So there's this <laughs> right. weird, yeah, yeah. Well, there's kind this of weird energy. Weird, and yeah exactly weird energy but the other thing i really like is that he gets interrupted by like the, he calls her auntie and this lady was really interesting to me I'm oh like, she's who great is this lady and i looked her up and um she is played by a an actress named maria cordero and um this kind of goes into the setting of the film because the film takes place in macau which is like a portuguese at the time it was like portuguese colony like within china so um she's macanese so it's kind of like this uh hybrid like asian latino like heritage Hmm. which is really interesting to me and um she became pretty popular around that time she's like a singer right yeah and like a tv show host and everything and her fans call her fat mama (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I thought was great. But the other thing that was cool is that she plays Ursula in the Cantonese dub of Little Mermaid. Oh, Very dude, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, yeah, she does show up. I love how we keep discovering people <laughs> who did the voice for Disney movies, but <laughs> yeah. for the dubs. Oh, there's, there's some content waiting to be put together for that. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. But, yeah, I, I love their relationship, and it's like – and she's just really slapping Samo around, around, and he's – He's taking it again. There's this kind of respect uh, for elders. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, yeah, respect for elders. There are so many choice lines in this movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it really is like a late '80s kind of classic in that way. I love mm-hmm. uh, one of her responses to Samo is "Go to hell, you little shit." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this kind of, th- and it's it feels like a very like almost kind of uniquely Asian thing where it's like, there's like a lot of love and mentoring, but Mm -hmm. also a lot of like physical violence and just kind of like, you know, impatience and everything. Yeah. 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 It's just great. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I don't know if it's just this translation, but it seemed like there was a lot of cussing in this movie, like more so than, than the other movies we've seen, but maybe it's just the way that it was translated. Yeah, it could be. So I know with a lot of those, like I know a lot of like the early, like, anime fan dubs have yeah. cussing all over them even though that's not right. necessarily uh it accurate. does seem like a like a pretty strong translation at mm-hmm. least um i'm not sure how close it is to the original language but it's 
yeah, very intelligible, at least on oh, the yeah. English side. A couple typos yeah, here was, and there. So yeah, a couple this, little typos I like that. Like, you piece of slim, which is probably supposed to be slime. Yeah, there's like only a couple errors, but yeah. So Let's this wade is, here, but it's W-A-D. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is available on the Warner Archive, so you can actually order a dvd and they'll send that's how i got it so that's so um, cool we'll definitely link to that and uh, it's a bare bones dvd but still it's cool the transfer is really nice yeah yeah it looks really good uh so next little bit we see some of the other pedicab drivers what they're doing and we get to see pretty boy again and he uh <laughs> he slams into a woman on the street yeah and it's and kind of runs kind of shocking at first too. whenever you yeah. you first see it um but he uh Carlos, I liked your pun. He's, you like that? He strikes her, but he's also struck by her. It's <laughs> pretty good. Um, That's yeah. And I, he had been reading this romance novel uh, earlier on. Yeah. And when he sees her, he flashes back to this illustration from the book, and it's like, oh, mm. you're the girl of my dreams. Yeah. And, um, and they have a sweet little interaction. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's like cute. It's like this whole situation you know he takes care of her takes her where she needs mm-hmm. to go then he buys her a little present yeah. and while she's at yeah. the temple she kind of gets this well and also yeah it's like ready. where she wants to go is the temple and it's like the yeah, way that comes like, across is like oh what a sweet yeah, girl she's a sweet innocent like, church girl going to going to the pray to, <laughs> yeah. pray to buddha and when right. she goes to the temple she sort of has like her fortune told there mm-hmm. and she's told that oh you're actually the, like the love of your life is going to bring you flowers. And I think this is such a clever beat. Um, pretty boy shows up just as she's leaving the temple and he has a package and you're expecting it to be roses or whatever, but it's replacement shoes for what the shoes he destroyed, but they mm-hmm. have these flowers on the tips of them. I don't know. I just, I, yeah. I love that little, little mm-hmm. detail. And this story here of these two characters, it's maybe my, my favorite part of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. It also kind of covers the like widest emotional range, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well put. That's fun bit. And going on the complete opposite side of, of sweet romance, we get to see John Shum's <laughs> character. And he is like, we haven't He's we haven't having seen a him. ball. Oh, man. yeah. He's oh, chewing dude. on some scenery. It's amazing. Yeah. He's he's like the pimp. Oh, he's not just like the pimp. He is a pimp in oh, this yeah. movie. He very he's literally got is. Gold he's teeth. got gold teeth and everything. Um. <laughs> But dude, another. But he's not brilliant... cool like a pimp. Yeah, he's not. No, he's scary like a like a pimp. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's fun to kind of see him play against this type, and also to um, he's playing against his normally more kind of froey hair, and it's like slicked behind mm-hmm. his head. But he's the scene nasty. where we're introduced to him, this is a scene you won't ever forget. And I don't know. I want to say it's one of the more brilliant scenes of the movie. Basically, one of the women that had been at his brothel. And her boyfriend, partner, whatever, they've been trying to escape. And she's actually in labor, kind of in secret in this yeah. room. And uh, John Sham as the pimp and a few of his henchmen, including Billy Chow, they show up and they're not having any of this. And it's the only time I've seen this in any kind of movie where the woman goes from um, lying on her back, having contractions, to getting off the bed, trying to talk to John Shaw. Have you guys seen anything like that? I ever? did not. It's pretty wild. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it, it is crazy. But then, yeah, what, what happens next is there's this really kind of brutal fight um, mm. as her her dude is trying to kind of defend defend and himself. her dude played by Dick Way. Yeah, Dick Way, who we see once again. And this is another cameo role. No no spoilers, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he, make, he doesn't it make it through. He doesn't make it throughout this, uh, um, this fight. 
but there's there's another thing that I've never seen in any movie, and I'm actually kind of surprised that this has I've never seen this so explicitly done in a piece of art where her husband dies literally the same moment that her child is born yeah. in, in the same room. And yeah, really. That was wow. my takeaway too. And John Sham's character just, you know, addresses it too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he dies and becomes a father both at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Oh man. Yeah. I, in my notes, I was saying that this almost seems like a tragic ending from another like kung fu movie that they See, injected yeah. into this. I was thinking this sounds like the the beginnings of a revenge plot in another kung fu movie. Right. Oh, totally. Where like the mom teaches the kid kung fu and the kid grows <laughs> up and you know. Yep. I, I and then when they're too. older, they're yeah. it's like they're cast by the same actor that was. The father, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, just played by Dick Wagon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, I would totally see that. Super good. <laughs> it also uh this kind of helps the tone of the movie because it's like, oh, people can die. Um mm-hmm. the dramatic stakes are are really high and Samo ends up kind of playing with that just as as far as you possibly could as the movie mm-hmm. progresses. Yeah, and John Sham as uh Mr. M is just ruthless. He doesn't have any sympathy for for anyone around him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you really get him putting his stamp on this film like he's basically like this like cartoon villain in this movie yeah. it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> but i i love it like yeah he's just hamming it up the whole time mm-hmm. and we get to see him not too long after this uh mm-hmm. he has a bit of a run-in with the yeah. the baker and hopping are out and has another little run-in with them and has a little showdown with Samo, which is is cool to see this early in the movie yeah mm-hmm. Samo has a great hero moment it uh, almost like in Iron Fisted Monk when he kind of shows up in the nick of time mm-hmm. uh, to defend those kids in the in the courtyard. Right. Um, and then we get an Indiana Jones chase scene. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I will say this scene is it's this chase scene is shot incredibly well, but yeah. it really emphasizes how important score is in a chase scene for a oh, movie because yeah. the music because totally. the music's not bad but it just it could elevate the scene so much if the music well was and it's done this better. kind of like eight it's sort of like early string sample mixed with synth kind of thing and it just yeah. um it, it's like that uncanny valley thing it doesn't quite have enough charm mm-hmm. it's not quite simple enough and it's not quite sophisticated enough yeah um, yeah yeah it's there's a beat when too, they do too the, yeah they do the kind of you're just waiting for the E.T. parody, right? And they do this kind of slow-mo shot of him getting launched into the air. But I was listening to the That's score so there. And when when they're kind of making their way before they crash into the casino, mm-hmm. the the score kind of sounded to me like the love theme from St. Elmo's Fire. You know that song? Oh, sure. I linked it in the in the chat. We can maybe add it to yeah, the, I, I, the yeah, blog absolutely. post. Or, yeah, yeah. D- David and, Foster, I think. Right there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just was like whoa that sounds totally like that song (laughs) Uh, but yeah so what ends up happening is uh they end up unfortunately crashing into a den of gamblers well unfortunate for them very fortunate for us yes exactly and um beautifully put (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they get caught up in this madness, of, you know, and even uh, Mr. M realizes he's like, oh, you guys are way worse off now. I'm just going to leave. So he leaves and uh, Samo's left to contend with like 
guys in the casino and their boss shows up and here we go yeah their boss who is lao carlong yay welcome back yeah, to the podcast this, yeah this really cool you know he he's like okay well you crashed in here and you beat up my man like i have to do something about this uh or else you know i won't be able to save face so how do you want to handle this yeah samuel's so cool because like he even though he's such a good fighter in this film he doesn't portray himself as a martial artist and lao garlong's character the casino boss he is definitely portraying himself as a martial artist so you kind of have these two different ideologies behind fighting and um over the course of the fight they kind of come to a mutual understanding and that's that's what i was saying about how you know when we watch lao garlong films you're yeah. you're kind of seeing this philosophy behind martial arts mm-hmm. and that's really coming across well in this fight yeah cuz i think in legendary weapons of china is where I think Marty said that he queer eyes all of the people, kind of gets (laughs) them to live their best life. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. And that kind of happens here, too, because he he beats Sammo pretty handily, but, you know, still kind of lets Sammo go and and gets Yeah, it is like a beautiful kind of Wild Garlong ending, and it's like, I don't know, I actually get kind of choked up like at their their kind of final interaction <laughs> yeah it's and cool. but it also works works for the story i mean uh you can't always have a happy ending over a really you know to a really brutal fight it just it's rarely going to be plausible but here these people don't know each other um the fight is kind of this formality because of you know samuel barging in mm-hmm. um and they they learn yeah they learn more about each other and more about themselves in the course mm-hmm. of the fight they they both they each test the other uh, further than they've ever been like tested in combat. And so it's like there's this mutual respect that comes from that. I love how Logar Lung looks in this too. He's got his <laughs> oh, hair man, slicked back so and he's cool. got this really nice silky outfit mm-hmm. and he's always trying to keep himself clean. So like if he's getting yeah. dusted up, he'll like ruffle his clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I just so... hope the audience is like applauded as soon as the camera uh-huh. turned to... Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. His final lines, their final lines back and forth are some of my favorite because his his final lines are, if you're ever in trouble, don't come to me. And so I was like, if I see you on the road, I'll look the other way. Look the other way. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) But yeah, this this is really like a masterclass in Hong Kong fighting or just fight choreography or just physical motion in cinema even. Right. Um, Because it starts in this explosive way and it's pretty high octane all the way through, but there are just some beautiful kind of pauses to catch your breath. And even though we start so high energy, the fight really does escalate, uh, culminating in just an incredible like staff sequence. Um, Mm -hmm. And we talked before about, you know, Lal Garlong being kind of the master of, you know, weapons choreography, but, uh, you know, staff choreography in particular. And just the use of the uh, set that they're working with, which really yeah. is just like a gambling parlor with a pretty much an open floor, but you've got a couple of tables around. But yeah, Lao Garlong uses, uh, you know, the wall and the table and, uh, you know, the even, yeah, like, so the staffs that they're fighting with is actually like some kind of uh, ornamental rods that are in yeah. the building. Samo so, knocks over. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, that strike of Lao Garlong doing this like front kick right to his face. It's like this slow-mo and we get a couple of times in this film, like in iron fisted monk where they do this kind of echoed 
like super strong hit so you'll hear the sound effect kind of reverb yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that'll happen and a couple of times in this film and then yeah so once they grab these staves like it really becomes like this this deadly dance you know you see like every intentional movement behind their choreography and how you know you have to be a master of using the staff to be able to you know know where a person's going to be moving and where's the most like optimal way to strike yeah. against them it's like so cool and also There's... the uh the cinematography and the lighting of this entire fight it's really beautiful um mm-hmm. and like we've already said they're both just giving everything they've <laughs> got in this entire sequence I, I didn't clock it but i don't know what is it maybe four or five minutes yeah something Um, like that maybe like yeah yeah, five or six minutes and the uh the balance of like the serious like high energy fighting and then these like great moments of comedy just like these kind of like dots of comedy in the middle of it all are great. Like I really love Samo mocking Logar Long's martial, you know, his stances and then getting kicked in the face. I really (laughs) love, um, the play between Logar Long and Samo with the staff where he keeps repeating the same move four or five times. And then the fifth time he just waits a beat and Samo looks up and then he just tags him in the head. (laughs) Dude, that's perfect. um, For some reason that move like strikes me as like a fourth wall breaking thing about like, about like Hong Kong choreography. And I just, (laughs) I just love it. It's like you're in this repetitive cycle. There's something about the way that Samo and Lakar Lung look look at each other after that, where it's like, oh, is it, do we do this in our fight choreography? Um, I don't know. It's wonderful. And I can't think of any other, uh, any other moment in a Hong Kong fight that, that made me, you know, like think that way there, where it's like, you're actually like making this kind of meta comment with the Mm -hmm. fight. Yeah. I always kind of say how, I really feel like it's cool if you can look up certain fights on YouTube, but like uh, it's really cool to see it in the context of the film too. But this fight is so good yeah. that really I won't fault you if you just look up this yeah. fight online because it's amazing. It's and it really also good. has its own like beginning, middle, and end. Like it could be a short film. Yeah, for just sure. This fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they make it back to the to the bakery, and this is kind of where we seeing like the conflict between the the baker and Samo. Uh, He's kind of, he's kind of being kind of like, yeah, Hey, this is my girl. Don't, don't get it on her. (laughs) Um, This is a cool secret. And she's like trying to remind them of the friend zone that they ought to be. in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she's like, couldn't you guys act more like how my father and my brother would act? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But then we kind of get a little, uh, kind of get a little romance montage. Because uh, <laughs> uh, we see Samo and uh, Nina Lichi falling in love. And we get to see Pretty Boy and the the, uh, the girl. Uh, what was the girl's name? Uh, uh, in, the, in the film, her name is Shu Choi. Shu Choi. Right. right, Shao, right. Shu, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shu Choi. Oh yeah, sorry. The pretty boy. Yeah, pretty boy yeah, and Shu Choi are together, and then Samo and uh, Nina Lichi are together. Uh, it's, it's funny. There's this this super cheesy like song playing while they're oh yeah while they're <laughs> going to. <laughs> And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yay, like, 
everyone's so happy. Everything's going to be great, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you look down and you're like, oh, we still got 40 minutes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Well, and they also have these matching white scarves. Um, there's that <laughs> scene where they're kind of like sitting on this ledge. Yeah, it's just, it's a fun <laughs> moment. Yeah, so their buddy, he's kind of he's kind of checking them where it's like, yeah, you guys with your love and the commitment and all this stuff, like you don't understand, like, you know, and they're like, oh, you're just like a player. You don't even know. And he's like, I know a lot about women. And he's kind of you know kind of just get kind of giving them stuff about their happiness and what you see is that uh in the next scene he ends up going to a brothel and um in this just brothel run by a fung king man the, yeah um, yeah this might him again. be one of the later movies you, you see him in i think mm-hmm. hang on i wrote it down this is definitely one of the one of the last roles that he's in as well uh but yeah we've seen him in all kinds of stuff we saw him a bunch in the first couple of arcs we did um, oh sure. When when I was coming up with that quiz before I tallied up all of the uh cameos that we right, got, right. I really thought that Funging Man was gonna be <laughs> like the top one and mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Wu Ma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. there's no Wu Ma in this movie. Yeah, I know. I was looking. Because <laughs> yeah, when I first sure. when I first saw the scene, I thought that the Funging Ma character might have been Wu Ma. Um, <laughs> sure, but, sure. but then I was like, wait, no, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. Yeah. Yep. Now, quick question for you guys. Like when you first watched the movie, uh, how how surprised were you by this? I was um, pretty surprised. I was like, Whoa, Yeah, I think it's oh, really okay. well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, so their friend who's just kind of all about being like a player or whatever, uh, he, pays, he pays the brothel owner for some time with this girl and when he gets in the room Samo films it from this kind of like bird's eye view like so you can't really make out who she is and uh, she's undressing and they're turning up the lights and lo and behold it's the you know the sweet uh, temple going mm-hmm. girl that um, you know pretty boy has been yeah. falling for now, I love that the reveal is that you see the shoes that's the first thing you see yeah. is the mm-hmm. shoes that pretty boy gave her and I was like, what? <laughs> I, yeah. I really was legitimately surprised when I saw that. <laughs> um, and the in the scene before that, they kind of, the guys have made a commitment to all get together very yeah. soon. So following this scene, you know, the viewer's like, oh man, here we go. And sure enough, all the friends get together and uh, Pretty Boy introduces her and, um, you know, our player is like, oh, yeah. wait, what? And he, He's like trying to save face save yeah. her, uh, for her and stuff initially, but it gets to a point in the conversation where he just has to let it out. And this also I thought was really surprising, you know, when, when first seeing it. I, I don't think you're expecting uh, you're expecting it to kind of like come. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come out like this. But yeah, it's a pretty emotional exchange. And but it, he tells them all, you know, how how he met her and she admits to it and uh but it it ends in a a better way than i was expecting yeah. it to oh my gosh yes. so much, yeah and it's like uh what's cool is it's like lam ching ying only has a couple of moments in the movie but they're oh yeah lam ching ying's in this scene too <laughs> and uh so you know max mock's character the pretty boy uh he's kind of devastated by the news and he's getting kind of hysterical and he's saying things to her that you know he'll come to regret but it's uh lam ching ying's character who's he's really the most kind of woke character (laughs) i was totally thinking that when i saw him too and he has this amazing line where he's 
uh, he's talking about the brothels and some of the other the other friends too are trying to be more sympathetic to her position. Actually, I think Ha Ping kind of starts it off where she's like, "If my life had been different, yeah. um, you know, who knows? I could be in her yeah. situation." So then Samo is kind of feeling that shame too. But Lam Chingying says, uh, "The girls are forced to go into it, but men aren't forced to go. In fact, men are responsible for all the whores. Uh, we've got no right." Yeah, and then he says, we've got no right to call them cheap. Yeah. In fact, we're worse than they are. And to have that kind of, that said so boldly in like a Hong, a Hong Kong, Kong film movie, in 1989, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I don't know, I think that's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also just a great character moment for this particular film. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really, like I said, it's a really cool scene that I definitely wasn't, you know, wasn't expecting after, after all of this. And it's just a great use of Lam Chingying. Like, mm-hmm. um, he has his hair kind of grayed up, similar to almost Mr. Vampire. And <laughs> yeah, I was he just say that yeah, too. he just plays kind of like the wise <laughs> friend so well. And so after the, all that serious scene, then we get this like really kind of goofy and badly thought out plan to try to to try to win her back uh (laughs) yeah so pretty boy's like pretty in despair he like met up with her at the brothel and they kind of that's a beautiful scene yeah it's really good and yeah she she's pretty upset and then he's all in despair and he's getting drunk and his friends like are like oh we gotta figure out a way to like get her back so their yeah sitcom scheme is to <laughs> they show up with his corpse they throw yeah, it on her bed make make her believe that he's dead mm-hmm. but th- that's not even most of it it's like they want her to say that she'll marry him yeah <laughs> and thinking that he's dead and then he'll pop back up to life yeah. who, who does that <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, like, that's a little manipulative but yeah. Okay. Yeah. well and also they, they let it play for quite a while before before pretty boy moves so yeah. it's it, it is it's too sudden for you to really believe it probably as an audience member, but they are kind of playing with like your confusion there. I think too. It's like, wait, yeah. did, did he really just die? Or I thought they were going to, you know, it's cool. Yeah. And so, then they get married. Yeah. From a funeral to a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a sweet story to tell your grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That are, you're definitely going to have. Yeah. Um, Before that, though, they show uh, Mr. M and his father arguing about stuff, and Fungin Man had arrived and let him know that he lost uh, Shu Choi. So he's like, "She can't leave. If she leaves, then everybody else is gonna leave." So he wants them dead now. Yeah, it's basically she's kind of like upturning the entire like business model of of a brothel. Yeah. Mm. Um, because she's paying her way to to freedom, basically. I heard down that uh, uh Ging Monk's character is actually a pretty solid guy. Like, like yeah, he, does, he yeah. doesn't seem quite as as scummy as as uh, certainly not as much as uh, John Shams' character is. But right. Uh, but of course, the the beautiful thing can't last. And uh, we see they kind of uh, they kind of in like a kind of makeshift marital suite, I guess. Samo goes out uh, on the town and sees like this. Uh, he sees like this jade bracelet that we saw earlier in the movie. Uh, right. Kind of do that, and, and he buys it, and that was really sweet. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh, he's, he's doing a sweet thing." Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the bad guys come. Yeah, Samo happened to leave at the worst time because mm-hmm. yeah, the, these henchmen come and they yeah they sort of ruin this little honeymoon moment. And this is pretty brutal. I mean, uh, I think 
you know, with the tone that Samo established earlier with the, that pregnancy murder <laughs> kind of co- combo scene. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think even with the sort of uh, joking about Pretty Boy's death earlier, there is this like shroud of death that's kind of hanging over the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really kind of plays and, and kind of bends with uh, your expectations about as far as they'll, they'll go. I mean, early on in the fight, Pretty Boy is actually like cut with a blade and... Anyways, this is, yeah, it's just a it's just a brutal sequence because it does seem like at mm-hmm. any moment either or both of them could be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see in the midst of the choreography that, you know, it's not, it's not like your normal Hong Kong action scene where everybody's got a knife but nobody's getting cut. This scene yeah. both yeah, Pretty Boy and uh Shu Choi at over the course of the interaction, they're getting chopped left and right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh no, like this is really going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope in this situation because well, also um, there, there are things that, sh- that she said uh, in that earlier scene when he was coming to try to, to win her back where it's almost like she views her life as sort of like doomed or cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like, I feel like all these elements are kind of like at work in the middle of this like really brutal fight. Yeah. Um, and you get the, you know, the visual language that we're used to seeing in kung fu movies where you get the critical like attack in on your opponent or you know those dramatic slow-mo shots but it's against you know this newlywed couple and you're like oh man the the visual language goes really far in selling the sadness of uh, and they're sustaining such like severe injuries yeah like covered in blood and growing pale and really kind of struggling to you should like get down the stairs. Yeah, man. Yeah, so they make it out, but uh, lo and behold, the rest of the crew, like kind of like the heavies, are waiting outside. Mm-hmm. So really, there is like it's looking really bad, and they they end up bumping into Lam Ching Ying, who kind of like uh, stays outside and like kind of like yeah. the courtyard. This is, this is his other like great moment of the movie, although it's it's really brief. Um, <laughs> yeah, he wakes up just in time to kind of like take a take a knife to uh to one of these henchmen but it's killed almost immediately yeah. afterwards that's really surprising too you're like wait what no yeah. <laughs> he's like oh i'm gonna die now and then he just conks out <laughs> it definitely makes me want to see more uh more film appearances with max mock though because he does some really cool stuff in this scene. Yeah, like he's yeah, he's got some action chops. He's, you can see he, it on this movie. Like he, yeah, he's another one of these guys where it's like he has all the ingredients to be a huge Hong Kong star. And not to say that he wasn't a big star, but you know he's really kind of like classically handsome or whatever. He's really great in these physical sequences. A good dramatic actor, I think. Mm-hmm. But in many ways, this is one of his best vehicles. I mm-hmm. think. There's this really intense shot of him like wrapping this cloth around his arm so that he can try to yeah. to bear against some of the the knives while he has like blood pouring out of his head. It's a really cool shot. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. it's it's kind of it reminds me of like hard boiled. Like it's not quite oh, as sure. it's not quite as grimy as hard boiled is, but it's the similar like level of like grittiness that you'll see in yeah, some it's, movies like that. It's really intense. And there's also something about going against Billy Chow, um, who I feel like we must have encountered him in, in films before. Yeah, so but... he's the general, like the evil general in Fist of Legend. So oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, and yeah, and all boss. and throughout the nineties he's he's kind of the 
you know, the act three villain in a <laughs> lot of movies. Yun Ping used them a lot in the 90s. But there's really this sense in this movie um, when Pretty Boy is going against him, it's like, oh, boy, this is hopeless. Like mm-hmm. Billy Chow is just almost kind of built to be this like arch villain. He's he's first of all so tall. His kicks are so ferocious. Yeah, I was actually and, yeah. thinking because Billy Chow's like a world class kickboxer and just his tall stature and everything. I really I I can't if I could find a clue, I would try and find it, but I think that Sagat in Street Fighter 2 has to be influenced by <laughs> oh, Billy dude, Chow. Dude, I could totally see that. Yeah, cuz it's not just that they're kickboxers, but it's just that his he's so tall, like in his form, yeah. like really looks like how and he does. He does punch with two fists at once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, yeah, I gotta, I have to find some clue out there because I I feel it. <laughs> yeah, no eye patch though, unfortunately. No eye patch. Well, not. okay, so all right, here we go. This is the other thing. <laughs> is um, there's this. I think it's a Wong Jing film. It's called future cops have you guys heard of this it's oh i've definitely heard of it it's like well it was like kind of like a meme for a while because there's like parodies of street fighter characters in that film and billy chow is in it and he's like the sagat like parody this is post street fighter 2 but i feel like there's kind of like this uh snake eating its own tail kind of thing going on here with that (laughs) but that would be hilarious to cover on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, that movie is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but okay, so back to the sadness. <laughs> um, so um, Samuel gets back too late and he sees everybody. Like there's kind of like a group around them and he has like this kind of silent final goodbye to the, the couple. And Meng Hoi is there as well and he's like all really in despair about it and there was this whole thing going on about Meng Hoi where he's a family man and he's kind of he can't fight it like he like everyone else can because he has to think about his family mm-hmm. but there's a really strong beat here where they're just about to leave and you can tell it's like okay we got to get revenge but then his wife calls out to him and he's like oh like she's gonna tell me to come back home but she tells them like you know go you know do what you have to do for your friend. So it's like this really strong beat of, you know, like, Hey, like this is really sad and you need to do what you need to do to get revenge. It's pretty cool. Gosh, Sam was such an underrated actor. I think, um, (laughs) yeah, he, he really kind of pays off all of this, all of this crazy emotional energy that's been building up over the last like 20 minutes of the movie. I don't know. Really, really delivers here. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a leading man. I mean, this is, yeah, this is just one of the great Sammo movies for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's leading us to the final encounter. Yeah. So we've got this. He sneaks into uh, this just, villain's lair. Yeah, just like all these movies, mm-hmm. man. We got our final boss's lair, yeah. and it's like a huge mansion. And uh, man, so if you're an evil henchman in a movie, <laughs> and you're going out don't for a smoke, don't have a mansion. No, yeah, so just, if you're going out for a smoke, <laughs> bring a buddy. Yeah, because... don't. Yeah. Don't go out for a smoke. And don't don't bring your dad who uh shares a death curse. <laughs> sure. Did we talk about that part of it? Uh, I don't think so. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, he Yeah, that there's so John Shum's character, like he apparently there's this curse where if uh he keeps his father alive who he can't seem to stand because uh supposedly when his father dies, he'll die. 
they're it's kind of like Harry and Va- Voldemort. Like neither can survive <laughs> while the other survives. Actually, I think that's where Jake uh, almost exact, almost assuredly yeah. where she got it from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Samo oh, walks up to this this dude going out for a smoke and just drops him like this. Oh, this was yeah, like we've seen some powerful hits in the movies, but this one actually made me go oh out loud yes. the first time I saw yeah. it. Yeah, Samuel does like this huge like spinning wheel kick mm-hmm. and he just man, I don't care how good of a stuntman you are like that. <laughs> yeah. That is painful. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. just see it like yeah. doesn't matter if you're a double or not like Yeah, or if you have padding underneath, yeah. you know, your outfit. It's like, "Oh my yeah. gosh, that." <laughs> it's like uh, when uh when Bart's like showing Lisa the moment when Ralph Lundgren's <laughs> heart like breaks, yeah. you can pinpoint it's like you the can exact, see the moment. exact moment when this dude regretted yeah. being in this film. Yeah. Choose you. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we should put that over the kick. <laughs> and then, oh, dude, one of my other like this whole final sequence is great, and actually, I think poised kind of the full extent of your expectations, maybe in a way that shanghai express doesn't like uh i think the end of shanghai express is great but there is a little sense that it's maybe not able to totally pay off uh everything that's been promised in the the final fight yeah for sure you're also juggling so many characters and there are some great moments and i suppose in this movie it's all kind of funneling down just to samo's character uh but at any rate it's just everything everything you would ever kind of like dream in like a uh, infiltrating the bosses thing, but maybe my my favorite thing, and I'm jumping a little bit, jumping a little bit out of time because uh, I do want to shout out uh, uh, Eddie Mars character. I was about to um, mention yeah. him actually. It's really really awesome. But after after that, he um, and we can we can bounce back to that. But he's confronted with like this bigger gang of dudes, and they he interrupted them their meal like they're in the middle of eating. And <laughs> yeah, this is one I of my this. favorite things in any Samo movie. It's like. He's looking at them one at a time, and they're eat. They're all still munching on their food. <laughs> yeah, and it's the, just the, this crazy <laughs> beat. Oh, they're man. all in their fighting poses, all looking super serious, but they're all chewing their food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every time <laughs> they get hit in the face, and they just spew ice <laughs> this, everywhere. Well, and so that like informs Sam Samo's strategy, which is basically get him in the stomach. Yeah. So he's like he's going after the stomach <laughs> of like each of these dudes, and I don't know. It's I just yeah, it's like only Samo would like direct this uh, this kind of scene. But yeah, prior to that is uh yeah, his fight against Eddie is yeah actually that really cool. that is that is right now. That's right after he takes out all of the guys oh, okay. eating. You know, he yeah. fights Eddie Mar because- and Eddie Mar has like superpowers, can fly because <laughs> he's got all kinds <laughs> yeah. of wires on him in this scene. Yeah, that first like really like intro jump kick that he does is really cool, mm. and they they don't. Yeah, it's it's a wire kick, but it still looks really dramatic. And the way that they edit the shots make it look like really solid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eddie, Eddie Mars, like you were mentioning before about uh, Max Mock, I yeah. see him as like, man, why wasn't this dude mm-hmm. in like a ton of movies? He's mostly in like we saw him in Yes, Madam. He's mm-hmm. like the first guy they yeah. encounter in the airport scene and um that interrogation scene with uh, Cynthia and he's mostly in films like that like these kind of girls with guns uh that you know kind of i kind of think like and it's like he's a you know like mixed race uh mm-hmm. background but i kind of almost wonder if he is, wasn't maybe too caucasian looking to be mm. like 
like a viable leading man. Um, he's got such got a you. striking look, though. He does. You know? He's a very distinct face. Yeah, totally. And he's so proficient in, on camera. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, man, yeah. this dude should have been in everything. And he's another one of those great moments where you're watching through the credits and just see a big Eddie Mar <laughs> next to all <laughs> yeah. these these yeah. names. <laughs> yep. But the, I mean, when he gets struck by, Samuel does like this pointed sidekick straight to his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and like man. high speed slow-mo. It's a beautiful. Yeah, that's another one shot. of these hits where it's like, oh, you know that hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Samuel doesn't get, he's not the only one to, to really uh, get some great action here in the end. Uh, Meng Hoi has a really nice sequence when he's trying to get yeah. into the boss's lair. Yeah, we see um, him with like a, yeah, he finds like a sword that I guess... <laughs> John Shaw just has laying around and uh, starts swinging around because he's about to get with like I guess a prostitute and he's being very very gross and he's so gross. gross. She's like, "What's that smell?" And he's like, "Oh "Oh, man, yeah." And he says, "He says it might just be a translation because maybe it's supposed to say bathroom, but it definitely says that he took a piss and shit in the bathtub and." It's got to like, be a good uh, translation because uh. she's like disgusted by it, you know. Because if it was another character, I would chalk it up to a mistranslation. But since it's him, it's like, ah, he might have done that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but he sees he sees Mankoy and and starts this great bit of him just trying to get away as he's just recklessly swinging the sword around. And then um, it's kind of a cool little moment. Samos trying to use. He's trying to use like Eddie's body as like a little like cover or kind Oh of yeah, I thought that decoy. was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's then John Chum like... realizes he's there. Um yeah. and there's a little bit of a sort of like I elect for a trial by combat. Um, <laughs> where John Shum doesn't have to fight, he like he he finally gets Billy Child yeah, to like his, put down his, his, his dinner and Yeah, that's yeah. really funny too because like you were saying, the other guys are all eating their meals, and then they get up to fight. But that whole time, Billy is still sitting at the table <laughs> eating his meal. He's like, "I'm not putting down these noodles." No right. Way, so man. they'll cut back to shots of him just continuing to eat his meal, mm-hmm. but he's like looking really intense at the the fighting. Well, that's dude, going as on. it turns out, he needed the carbs because it's like <laughs> I want to say this is the hardest I've yeah you ever see Billy Chow like work or fight in any sequence, and it's like if. If you're going against Samo, you do ha- you've got to bring everything. Um, yep, and <laughs> he's got a toothpick oh, in his man. mouth. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's like... and he keeps adjusting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many good beats in here, and there's another great line uh, somewhere in this fight when John Shams character is trying to like cheer Billy on, and it's brutal. He said, "Just kill that dog's abortion." Yeah, that's a, that's a gross line. <laughs> oh wow, man, that's dude, that's more that's like Grody. Yeah, Fight Club kind of yeah. stuff. But um. <laughs> But yeah, this is a great thing. It's one of my favorite little beats, and I'm sure we'll jiff uh, it, is Billy Chow does the, like, come here, Bruce Lee thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Samuel's like, no, I'm going to do that. But then it's like, as soon as he <laughs> he does it, then Billy's, like, taking his hand, and they're fighting, and Billy does it again, and then Samuel brings his hand, like, way back <laughs> to his body mm-hmm. to do, like, a tiny little come here. Um, I could I just know. watch just Billy so Chow kicking people, like, all day. <laughs> Oh man, his form oh, dude, is we, so good. Yeah, we could make a super cut of that. Just yeah. kicks. Yep. Just, just the kicks. The Billy it's Chow like, story. Uh, yeah, it's like a combination of his height and his build mm-hmm. and his form. Like he's like got yeah, this. Yeah, he's like eighty like, percent legs. 
yeah this muay thai like kickboxer like perfect body like it's super cool and like just like how mean he always looks when he's doing yeah the look of his face too it's like he has it's like these really angular like sharp features yeah Um, and these like sunken eyes yeah oh man (laughs) so yeah samuel gets really bruised up and there's a couple of cool like pov shots of him getting hit in the face like billy punching to the camera and then samuel getting hit like from a pov like shot that's really cool and um just like oh man so i really like that like whole like decisive attack of Samo doing this kind of sway into like this soccer yeah. like bicycle kick reverse kick oh it's amazing it's crazy you're like what just happened yeah and then he does like this like pursuit tekken move where he like <laughs> leaps into the air and like attacks him on the ground and that's like what puts him out oh man beautiful beautiful really crazy Uh, but the other thing we never mentioned is that chung fat is also one of the goons in this film and he oh yeah not really used that much but he has this really like classic kung fu uh movie character look he's got this pencil mustache with the slick back hair and like traditional outfit and um he was uh the one fighting against meng hoi after uh mr m uh, ran off. Well, and he's then, kind of holding him as a hostage. Yeah. Right? Uh, so he's yeah. got this sword and he's holding him a hostage. But then what happens is John Sham's father, like he like interrupts and uh, he's able to break free. And then the Chung Fat and Meng Hoi crash to the ground, which is kind of a cool stunt. There's a big, like really gaudy looking carpet that they land <laughs> on that you can see that yeah. there's mats underneath. But it's still, I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't be jumping off no balcony, so <laughs> it still looks pretty cool. Yeah, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. It's uh, I feel like it happens a lot with Chung Fat, where it's like he's got this really striking look, but is a little bit underused as far as like an action performer. Um, I mean, honestly, Magnificent Butcher might be kind of his uh, kind of shining moment. So. Yeah. And so this this kind of results in John Sham getting uh, he's like knocked off of the balcony. And yeah. they, and I like that Samuel like knocks this statue that was gonna <laughs> impale him out of the way. And John Jump's right. like, "Oh, you 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 didn't have to kill me, like, or you you save me." And they're basically like, you know, killing you is too uh too good for you or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. basically like he didn't want him to have such a quick death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, "No, you deserve worse than that." And then uh, John Sham grabs that kind of katana blade and he tries to attack them and this is what really like sets samuel off yeah, and samuel you get this, his, like, his final move on him and man like some crazy flying kicks the first like flying kick kind of reminds me of bruce lee's like fist of fury like totally. end of the film like oh yeah, yeah but it's like kind of the camera's pulled a lot tighter than in mm. that film yeah and then he does like another yeah. like leaping kick samuel gets some great air on yeah the, that second yeah, one. that yeah. slow-mo yeah. kick to where it's like it's it's a close-up on the back of the guy's head and ho- yeah. hopefully of a a, a mannequin's head because <laughs> this is a tough yeah. kick it it looks like a dude <laughs> i don't know i mean it, i mean like we said it's definitely not john Sean, yeah yeah um but yeah Whoever oh, that man. poor stunt mm-hmm. stunt man is, yeah, man, and sends him through this glass we saw earlier, and we see him with like the glass sticking out of his head and stuff. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's a good touch. Um, 
<laughs> then the cavalry shows up yeah, just so in time <laughs> you got yeah fong and hopping and bluebeard who they call him in the subtitles mm-hmm. they yeah. show up and they're like oh man and it's funny actually like you know we're waiting for the freeze frame but <sighs> i was surprised that samuel's character actually addresses all the people he's killed mm-hmm. he's like uh yeah i can't leave because like the, he's like yeah know, the police will come for yeah you. i killed way too many people <laughs> and i was like yeah Whoa. it's like another unique moment of this movie it's like it actually as far as the story goes it stays pretty grounded mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. beginning to end um, and he gives uh, oh this is great yeah he gives hopping that okay he reaches into his pocket to give hopping that jade bracelet <laughs> but you like you hear it like clinking around he realizes through the whole fight it got completely destroyed and it's like a bunch of little <laughs> just jade bracelet pieces and he's like uh you could make like an earrings with it or something <laughs> but yeah this one samo says i you know the police are gonna come after me like i killed a bunch of people uh and uh master fong says basically i'll take the i'll take the blame for this yeah, but they're like, uh, nobody will believe you. <laughs> and then he has this like kind of downtrodden, like, oh, why can't I be the hero? And then that's the freeze <laughs> then, frame. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a really mm-hmm. fun way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the uh, the end credits on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really n- nice, uh, nice moment. And it's also kind of like a return back to the kind of like freeze frame end credits that uh, we were used to. Yeah. Uh, the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. so we don't have any kind of uh jackie chan bloopers or like sambo behind mm-hmm. the scenes sort of sort of real here um but that's fine yeah that's right yeah good that you mentioned that because we're in 1989 now but yeah this is a super fun movie and this is definitely a movie that i think you could get a lot of enjoyment of even if you're not particularly familiar with hong kong action movies yeah yeah i think so too it's like I don't, it doesn't depend on a lot of really uh specific like cultural context uh necessarily also and it's like we're saying it's like it's pretty pretty grounded um kind of from beginning to end and the martial arts too is like very connected to the story and has a lot of consequences um <laughs> And just, yeah, some great, great acting. Honestly, the only thing that, uh, and you mentioned this earlier, Matthew, that might kind of hold it back for someone that's not used to films of this period might be the score, I hate to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, you know, knock a, any composer, but. Um, it just feels like it could yeah. have made, it could have elevated the movie from like, you know, an eight to like a 10, you know? Like it could have right, made a right. really good movie completely amazing and timeless and instead it's just a really good movie you know yeah he should have called our dude uh frankie chan throw his <laughs> dude totally his jams into this film mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man that would have been a, some, been some awesome. funky but yeah there is this kind of period like uh mid to late 80s and even some of the um more independent films into the 90s where it's like there isn't that great of a music budget and there's not necessarily uh that standard of like recorded orchestral music in Hong Kong films at this point, which is, yeah, kind of, you know, kind of interesting. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, not the case uh, as you get kind of like further on into the, into the late nineties for sure. But this is definitely a super fun movie. I definitely recommend Pedicab Driver. And I think that this is, uh, 
this is a pretty cool movie to end on, I think, for Sammo, because obviously Sammo's directed other stuff since then, of course, um, and he's been in a billion things since then. But I definitely thank you guys so much for the for the recommendations and everything for the. Uh, oh man, yeah, oh, dude, thanks. Yeah, this was so them. fun watching these mm-hmm. movies, and it was like, um, you know, I'd put each of them in it like in an entirely different context uh, as part of like a, the larger Sammo journey. It was just great. Yeah, super good. I, I really, I gotta say, like Prodigal Son is so amazing. Yeah. Like out of these, I mean, I had seen these last two films. I was fairly familiar with, but um, Iron Fisted Monk and Prodigal Son were new views for me. And yeah, Prodigal Son is just yeah, Prodigal Son is so, an amazing movie. He really yeah, is so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully, you know, the listeners really got uh, some fun stuff out of us looking at these films and. I guess, yeah, throughout the whole year, you know, this has still been a fun thing that we've been up to and I can't wait to see what we do next year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be at MAGFest, like I said. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess not an an official capacity, but we'll be running around and I know that Marty, you're going to be pretty busy doing a (laughs) bunch of stuff and uh, you could talk about that a little bit if you'd like. Yeah. Oh, sure. No, it's, um, yeah. So our, uh, Fellow, our sister podcast, the Supermarcado Brothers, will be making a couple of appearances in MAGFest. The band that we're in that plays kind of classic video game music, uh, we've got a show Thursday night. um, Which, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, that's a week from tomorrow. But (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's a week from tomorrow. And then... um, uh, we can post it on Twitter, um, but then we'll also be doing a uh, a panel during the week. Okay, it should be a week well. from tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll get the episode up on Wednesday. Okay. So, anyways, we that sounds good. Anyways, we'll, we'll do our best. I'm sorry. Continue, yes. Marty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's great. But um, I'm just so looking forward to the three of us being together. Definitely. Um, Mag Magfest is one of the only occasions where that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. We had so much fun last year and i've been looking forward to it ever since so if you happen to be there and uh you come across the three of us definitely say hi yeah for sure for sure or you can see me at the super turbo cabinet i'll probably be playing some street <laughs> yeah. fighter oh dude big time <laughs> we'll be playing as billy joe <laughs> also uh we don't have a fixed uh release date yet but a video game-inspired album that I've been working on alongside Carlos, who's been developing some incredible art, also with our friend Alberto. Um, yeah. This is uh, Robo Girl 2, Journey of the Stars, will be out by year's end. Um, and so we'll post all about that on Twitter as soon as that's available. Oh, man, I'm so excited for it. And <laughs> oh, I got to cool. get working on this art, so <laughs> I'm nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to this show if you like the show then please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice check us out on instagram facebook and twitter we are heroes the number three podcasts on all three of them thank you to the kung fu cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there and we're actually going to be taking the month of january off because of holidays and stuff and you know we just need a little a little break time before we dive back into it but we will be letting you guys know uh, as soon as we can, what uh, what we're going to be diving into come February. Yeah. In the meantime, you should pro- all of you should probably catch up on uh, the entire series of Martial Law. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, just to do it. It's all on YouTube. It is just all on YouTube. 
to to really I mean, for the it, full flavor, watch a little bit of the Kevin Sorbo Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess while you're at it, just to just oh to get just to get into the mood. Well, I think it it's like I think it serves like both halves of the planet, which is like the Samo fans and the Arsenio fans. <laughs> and They're like, two yeah, kinds of people. In the world. They, ov- they overlap. They overlap I mean, yeah. in Carlos. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. Well, until next year, uh, Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. We are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Yeah.